When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the SEN NBA podcast. We come at you at a time where there isn't that much basketball being, uh, not much basketball news happening, but we find plenty of topics to talk about here on the podcast. And joining us this week, he made his debut last week and he was so good, we thought we'd get him in the studio again. Mikey, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. That 10-day contract or the two-way contract that we're calling it now is looking quite good in, uh, I feel like I'm a bargain addition yeah. to the to the team. So, yeah, we're going places, He's boys. He's flying. Where can we find you on Twitter, mate, if yeah. anyone wants to get their basketball fix and anything else from you? Yep. Uh, you can find me on MickVal12 Mick at Twitter. MickVal12 is a place to go. SEN Amer- at SEN America as well as we welcome him down the line tonight. It's got other commitments <laughs> to attend to. So, he's down the line. Couldn't make it in the studio. But we're going to chat to him anyway. Christos Tyler. Chris, how are you? Hey guys, I'm well. Sorry I couldn't make it in the studio. You know how much I love being there, but yep. unfortunately I couldn't make it tonight. But I'm on the phone nonetheless. And Luki, have you looked at the ratings from last week's show? Has it actually gotten any better before Mick gets uh, too ahead of himself? Oh well, I, I might need a... to fit through the door. You have to actually see whether he's actually made an impact in the ratings. It's all about the ratings, mate. It doesn't it matter how good it sounds if no one's listening. That's a good. I actually haven't looked at the ratings. I'm more so. of a hype man than a than a factual man. So uh, <laughs> hey, let's go hey, on hype for now. Without data, Mike. Without data, <laughs> come on now. Chris, last week, if anyone wants to chat, I see you've been tweeting a lot about the Celtics this week. He's <laughs> always uh, tweeting about If anyone wants to see about your Celtics tweets, where can they? Uh, you can find me at Christoph Tyler on Twitter. I promise the Celtics tweets will stop soon. No, they but won't. this time of year when the Celtics are involved in pretty much everything, <laughs> it's kind of hard to avoid them. So there will be a lot more generic NBA chat down the line, but for now... I'm sticking with the Celtics because there's just so much to talk about, and I've got I've got so much um, uh, so much to talk about. There's just so much to talk about, Luke. So there is. It will change eventually. I promise. Nah, we love the passion, Chris. Uh, we'll jump right in because, like I said at the top, there we've got the summer league on, but we're not really going to chat about the summer league because I mean, you don't want to get too excited with that because you got to remember these rookies are playing majority. I'm pumped. No, I'm, I'm, You're I'm, pumped I'm about the Tatum summer already. league. Yep. All right, Tatum, go take Zizic. I've been watching every single Celtics game that's been on TV. It's been fantastic. I love it. Yeah, but they're playing people who aren't going to be in the NBA next season, Chris. So you've got to take it for granted. Sometimes they're not. But this, this is the thing you've got to think about with the Summer League. If they did terribly, that's bad. No, that's but true. If they play well, that's what, that's what you expect. So no, even yeah. some people might go, well, you shouldn't take any notice of what they're doing because it's just Summer League. You should still take notice oh. because if they're struggling, someone like Ante Zizic for the Celtics has probably struggled a little bit more than a lot of Celtics fans would have hoped. So you can kind of take that and go, all right, maybe his game won't translate as well from the European game to the NBA as we would have thought. So even though it doesn't mean everything, 
you can still kind of take little bits and pieces and say, okay, this guy maybe won't be able to work as well as we would have thought. So even though you can't get overly excited about these guys, you can get definitely get disappointed already at this time of year. That's not to say Zidic isn't going to be any good whatsoever. I'm just putting it out there that you would prefer seeing these guys play well. Someone like Tatum playing really well, Semi Ojale playing really well, Dylan Brown looking really good. All these guys, again, Celtics specifically, because I've only really watched the Celtics in Summer League. Uh, that's what you want to see. Uh, that's a fair point. I just don't think you should be drawing any any conclusions. You can't draw any conclusions. Tatum's going to be Paul Pierce. Yeah, hey, hey that is. Come on, Christos. That's the type he, of stuff he, we want to avoid. No, no, well. actually, we want it. We want the big statements. 12th of July, he's Jason well. Tatum, Paul Pierce, number retired in the rafters. Yeah, he's Lock some, it in. His summer league jersey is retired. <laughs> the point, I'm gonna, let before me, we move on, before let me, we move on, oh, okay. did you hear when Magic Johnson apparently told Lonzo that he wants to have his jersey retired in the Staples Arena one day? That's a lot of pressure to put on a kid who's never actually played for the Lakers. I think he's got well, pressure I think he's anyway. got enough pressure from his dad, doesn't he? <laughs> his dad said he's going to be better than Magic. <laughs> if that's not, pre- I just wanted to jump in. I'll be really quick. Yeah. Last week he threw out a few trade scenarios, which included Donovan Mitchell. Hasn't he? I've, I haven't watched many games of summer league, but hasn't he played extremely well in the uh, uh, in the summer league? So I think thirty-seven points today. Yeah, when you offer that trade, and I said definitely, I don't think Jazz are going to offer that trade anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. I didn't realize it was going to be that good. To be no. honest. Yeah. All right, hey, Carmelo Anthony. Let's move on to the real a stuff. Big established guy, Carmelo Anthony. Now, plenty of rumors flying around about Melo. Is he going to stay in New York? Will he go elsewhere? Will he get traded? Will the Knicks buy him out? Cleveland, the Rockets. LA, where's he going? So we're going to chat about him a little bit. I know, Mikey, me and you spoke about this earlier. We went head-to-head. No, yeah, we went head-to-head. It was was a a good, heated uh, discussion. We went, speaking about the merits of Carmelo, potentially, we're not sure if it's going to happen, but it's a good conversation, so we'll bring it up, potentially going to Cleveland and how that works. Is it an up, let's say, for example, with a trade and Kevin Love is the main deal going to Cleveland to New York. Now, does that work for the Cavs? Does that make them better? Does Carmelo Anthony being in place of Kevin Love give Cleveland a better chance at beating Golden State in a final series? Now, I said no. I don't think it does. I agree. You, so Chris agrees with it. You said yes, Mike. So I'll, I'll let you speak first. And again, we're not... There's no... Um, we just uh, clear this up. This is no rumor that he's going to Cleveland. No, it's just, it's just a all. hypothetical, but yeah. it's fun to talk about. So we thought we'd bring it up. So, Mike, you, you think he's a better chance... Well, this is how you've got to go. You've got to look at it and say you look at last last uh, year, well, last season's uh, matchup, and you look what Kevin Love. He had probably two good games, and he played three bad games. Oh, he had a good series last year in the in the finals. This in the finals oh, just passed. As I said, he had th- yeah two bad games. That which means he had five good ones. No, no, no oh, in the sorry, finals and no, three. I've just excuse my maths. Here. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get my point out. <laughs> Um, I'll stop interrupting. And <laughs> and I just think you can't go into this next season having barely upgraded your roster. Now, am, am I saying that Melo's going to make the Cavs a better team? Probably not. But you've got to throw the kitchen sink and try and change this team because it's not working with Kevin Love. So you've got to trade Kevin Love out to get Carmelo Anthony back just to see how it, how they will gel because... 
it's probably one more season, and then that team is gone. I have a feeling LeBron's going to walk. Then I have another feeling that Kyrie will probably leave or might leave another a season later. So, hang on. so they've got to pretty much throw everything they have at this one season. Just try everything. Say to LeBron, we're keen to win. We're happy to. I mean, they've already got the biggest uh, salary mm, yep, yep, uh, yep, yep, in yep. the league, but they they're committed to winning and helping LeBron. With a, with a great roster, and they need to change it. And I think getting Mello, he's the only big free agent. Well, he's not a free agent. He's the only big name that's probably available, and they've got to try and get him. Okay, so you're saying they have to change it. And let's not forget they won a title 12 months ago with this team. But, they, so, so, but it was so, before Durant was yeah, yeah. at... And Kevin Love's defense is shocking. Now, I'm not saying Mello's is any better, Love's but he's is a different better. player. Love's defense he was shocking is in the better finals. than Carmelo's defense. And look... And you take that game, game four out, I mean, he wasn't great, and he's he just can't defend the Warriors. I mean, can Mallow defend teams, the Warriors? I think he's they've they as a as a franchise they've got to change. Well, I I, I, I think I, they've got to just. Be, do you see where I'm coming from? It's probably one more season. Yeah, if I, this I, was like a fully committed roster, and they're like there for the long term, then no, they probably I, I reckon stick with Love, but they've got one season. To, to, to shake up the Warriors. Yeah, I understand that, least. but are you making a move just for the sake of making it? Of course that you are. That was my point. Yeah. Of, yeah I, and, and, you are, you are. Yeah, but well, see, that is to. bad logic because... The team's not going to be there in how, a year anyway. Okay, so not, so it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year move, okay? Yeah. So you're on for a one-year move. How long does it take super teams to gel? It takes at least two years to get them clicking. Okay, yeah. So that right there is a, a wrong fact. His entire career, Camelo Anthony has been in isolation. And this isn't in a bad way. It's just the way he plays. Ball dominant, needs it in his hands. He hasn't played off the ball in his career. Now you're asking, me, asking him what it will be his 14th season to come in and play as 15th, a third. 15th, for whatever yeah. it is, yeah. to play as a third string. Not even second string. A third string. We don't. You're going to get him to camp out in the corner. He's going to get eight shots a game. That is not how you use Kamala Anthony. But does he want to play for a winner in his career? This is his well, best knows? chance to finally not enough get a get, <laughs> get a ring or at least compete for a ring. He's he's been playing in a Knicks roster for I think it, what is it six years now. Yeah, I, I, they Chris, go up and down. They're mainly down all the time. Chris so, Chris just got back from New York. He would have seen Mello first hand a little bit. Do you think he fits in Cleveland, Chris? I mean, do you see this move? Does he give the Cavaliers a better chance to beat Golden State instead of Kevin Love? No, I don't think so. And a lot of it did come down to what you were talking about before. You don't just make a trade for the sake of making a trade just because you're like, we have to do something. We lost to this team this year. We have to make some sort of drastic change in order to to get over the line. Potentially, I don't even think it's going to get him anywhere closer. I actually think it's going to take him further away. I think Love fits that team a lot better than, than Mallow does. His defense is a little bit better, even though it is suspect. His defense is a little bit better. He's still a good three-point shooter. Um, I don't know. I just, I just prefer Love in that position. And for someone like Carmelo Anthony to come in and potentially be a ball stopper in that offense yeah. when you've got Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, yeah. I just don't like that fit particularly because Carmelo, I don't think, is willing to sacrifice his own game for the good of the team. And I could be completely wrong, but from what we've seen from Carmelo Anthony for his entire career, he's not willing to sacrifice his game for the betterment of the overall um, product. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of this move at all. Um, I, don't, I don't think it, it takes him anywhere closer to, to Golden State, but 
you know, if if he wants to go there and LeBron wants him to go there, then in the end he's probably going to go there. Although there has been some rumours over the past day or so that it looks like he's going to go to the Rockets. That's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's worse to be honest with you. Rockets is probably I'd rather see him at Cleveland than than the Rockets at least. Yeah, well, I don't think he. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to work on the Rockets roster. It'd be cool to see you know a three-headed monster like that, but an old three-headed monster with Chris Paul coming in and Carmelo. Um, but oh, hang on. I, if he's not going to work at the Rockets, why is he going to work at Cleveland? He's playing with the same type of players. What my point is, I think the Cavs need to change it up because they've had three years. Why they're can't good. they change with their um, their rotational players. We saw that they had a bunch of rotational players that they brought in yeah. last year that really, really underperformed in the finals. None of them could buy a basket uh, in the finals. Why are you more keen to get rid of someone like Love and bring on someone like Anthony rather than making smaller changes throughout the season? Which they've started so doing. They signed like Jeff Richard Green. Jefferson. Exactly. Rather like you, you, you He's not going to ch- someone like Richard Jefferson or you switch around someone like... Uh, that doesn't scare the Warriors, Jeff Green. Neither does Carmelo. I think it does. I think you've you've got to try and change something there because, like, obviously, I want to. You want to keep Kevin Love because he's an amazing player. I think he sit. He, I actually personally think he fits in better with the Cavs the way he plays. But I think they've just got to change something. They've got to go hell for leather for this season. See what happens because I think if they lose another another finals, I think LeBron's leaving. Um, can I just? And jump if they in win, there? I think he stays. Let's not forget that. I know it, it was only five games, and there, there were a few blowouts in the finals. But okay, say you make this move, Mal, uh, Carmelo for Love. That's an offensive-minded move. They'll probably make him better offensively, worse defensively. Now Cleveland went through one of the best offensive playoff series we have ever seen, and their offense wasn't the problem against Golden State. They were offensively, they were fine. They scored enough points. It was the other end. They couldn't stop them. They had yeah. they had no chance on the defensive end. And now you're bringing in a worse defender. See, I don't like that. It just doesn't add up. It makes no I sense. I don't think he's a worse defender. I think he is, yeah. I think they're on par as def- as Which isn't a good thing. Go- you, no, it's not. There's no upgrade. Yeah, but a he's, a, he, he's sitting out in the corner anyway shooting threes. That's what Camelo's going to do. He's going to do the same thing, and Camelo's you know, a well, lesser playmaker. I disagree. And I, I think, I, I personally think... Uh, as a Cavs, as if I was a, if I was a GM, if I was Dan Gilbert, um, well they don't have a GM. Well, they don't, well it's Dan Gilbert anyway. It's been Dan Gilbert for the last three years with the help of uh, David Griffin, <laughs> as I like to say, the co-GM uh, Dan Gilbert. I, I, I would I would like the point I'm trying to make is I would go for that just to throw the kitchen sink at this next season, see what happens, and if it fails, it fails. They're going to leave anyway, but I don't see the Cavs the way they are. Beating the Golden State Warriors, I don't think Jeff Green really scares the Golden State Warriors. They made some little moves. You saw it backfire in the finals. They've got to try and go after a big fish, and he's probably only one available at this moment. Maybe, maybe they can wait until the season, um, until you know February, January. Oh yeah, half a season. If you can get someone like a a, a a Paul George, if he was, uh, you know, not really blending in with um, Russell Westbrook, maybe they can flip a couple of pieces for. Paul George and make a late run. I don't think you need to make the move for Carmelo right now. There's going to be options at the trade deadline, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't, And I just don't think it, it, it makes them better for what they need to do. So that, that's two to one, Mike. So we win <laughs> you know that what, one. You know what? what you, I, he, <laughs> I'm definitely not wrong. <laughs> how, how, how much do you think he actually wants to play for a contender? Because there's Who, one Carmelo? Team, 
Yeah, yeah. there's one team. I understand that's like a, a majority of the reason why he would want to move. This is one left field for you, a team that he could potentially play for that I feel like would benefit both sides. Now, this isn't a contender, so if that's really his be-all and end-all and he's no way going to consider this team, what about someone like the Nets? They have cap space. They are desperate to be relevant. So bringing in someone like Carmelo Anthony would make them at least somewhat relevant in New York. They're not tanking. They don't have the pick, so they don't need to go terribly and Melo gets to stay in New York, where he wants to stay. He, his family live in New York. That's that's why he he doesn't want to be traded for for the last couple of years because you know his son lives there, uh, Lala's there. So it could be mutually beneficial for both sides. The only issue is that it's the Nets. Yeah, I, I don't well, think a it's worse New York team. I, I don't think it's beneficial for the Nets. I don't see how no. that fits in. You don't think it's beneficial for the Nets? They're, they're no. trying to. I don't. They don't have the assets, mm. but they're trying to rebuild. So, like, you bring in Carmelo, it goes everything against it. Like, oh, I don't see how that works for the Brooklyn yeah, Nets. I, I, I don't think Melo would do that. Oh, I, I don't. Well, that's the biggest issue. Is if we wanted to play for a contender, that blows out, out, the, out the door. He's going to the worst team in the he, league. He, he's 33. He's going to be 33 entering the next season. Surely, he's not what he used to be. Surely, he's looking at... He said he... he He's open to trading. He's going to waive his no-trade clause. So he's obviously open to moving. There's rumors recently that he's probably going to go to the Rockets. He, I think he definitely wants to be on a winner. And I would be very shocked to see if he wouldn't change his game to play for a winner. I'd be very, very shocked if he wouldn't do that. Uh, hey, and I know what he's like, but it's LeBron James after all. It's LeBron James. Yeah. They're close, mates. They played on Team USA twice together uh, to win two gold medals. So... Nah. Where Carmelo was the lights out score, he, he, he's yeah, the guy on the, in the, on the Olympic team. No, nah, hey, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. No matter what happens, he's a big name, he, he's a big personality, mm. he's a big time player, needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. Maybe patience is key for the Cavs, but if they're going to go for someone now, if they had to go for someone now, I'd be going for him, and I'd probably be thinking about trading. Well, well, I would be thinking about trading Kevin Love. I'm not sure if that's the answer, but hey, the proof will be in the pudding. Hey, let's move on to some moves that have actually happened. One that happened today or the other day. It's a smaller one, but it might have larger implications down the track. That's Contavious Caldwell-Pope going to the Los Angeles Lakers, $18 million just for the one season. And, And that's the real kicker, isn't it? It's for one year, which means he's out of contract next year when Paul George is a free agent. You connect the dots. They're clearly making moves with a bigger fish in mind. That they're they they're obviously they're waiting for Paul George to go. I want to come to the Lakers. I want to go play for my hometown team. He grew up. He says he grew up a Lakers and a Clippers fan. How can you tell that? me you go get for two it. teams? And I'll tell you to get, get, to get lost. <laughs> but he says he grew up a fan of the both. He has said Paul. This is Paul George. He has said recently that the rumors. Him going to the Lakers have been overstated. He's probably just saying that so he can try and fit in OKC to to their fans, so they embrace him. But I I believe he wants to go to the Lakers. The Lakers are only signed KCP for one year, eighteen million. He was after a multi year deal as well. Um, so yeah, as um as you said, connect the dots. Connect the dots. I mean, he's how about, a how about, young player. How about it's KCP? Money, <laughs> Does this? I mean, if you're the Lakers, Chris, do you try and? Uh, put in a bit more to keep KCP, or is it just a really just a, a nothing gap. a nothing deal? Yeah, I think it's more of a nothing deal. Yeah. Like you said, they kind of just wanted to get him on the one year deal. They bring in some talent because 
they don't own their pick either. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Philadelphia. It's going to go to Boston. Mm. They don't have their, their pick, so they, they aren't uh, encouraged to, to tank either. So you're bringing a guy who he might not be the best. It was a restricted free agent this year. We wouldn't have been the best restricted free agent available. Uh, very, very streaky shooter, but he is at least somewhat talented. So you bring him in under $80 million. You had plenty of cap space, so you can afford to do that. You get him off the books at the end of next year. It's good for KCP as well because it means that he can re-enter free agency and probably get the money that he was hoping to this offseason because when he um, when he left Detroit, he was probably expecting to get a bigger deal than he actually got for the Lakers. But he spends a year in that system, and, and the Lakers get a guy who can you know play the two guards a year. So I don't really feel like it's, it's much of a deal uh, in a big deal either way. But you know, beneficial for for both parties, I would have thought. Yeah, I think that, that that's everyone's kind of thoughts on this move. And um, we'll see what happens next year with Paul George. Hey, Chris, I wanted to bring this... Real quick, did you make the Lakers good enough to finish higher than the bottom two in the West? So you uh, with them and the Suns, he wouldn't be good enough to move the needle uh, more than that, would he? An extra two wins? <laughs> two Is he that? Unless he has a breakout season. He's 24, so maybe he's primed for a breakout season. Yeah. An extra few wins, which could could be enough. I, I don't know. Is he is he halting Braden Ingram's progression um, this season? I don't season? think so. No, is Braden Ingram not not ready yet to, I don't to think make he's that halting step? The progression. I think I think it gets overstated sometimes that when you've got a young team and you bring someone who's older in the same position, the the natural forward is always halting his development. He could be helping it because you need to be playing with good players as well. If you're playing with a bunch of darts, you're playing with no ones, mm. you're not going to get that much better anyway. So it could help the development. I mean, who knows? We, we saw that with D'Angelo Russell in his second season just mucking around on the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. You need so maybe that. We'll and I'm it, not yeah. saying KCP's that guy, but just the logic behind it, bringing in a veteran, that is sometimes more of a good thing than a negative. Hey, Chris, I wanted to bring this one up with you because obviously you are our Boston Celtic man. Um I, 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 I wouldn't I, have I known. I haven't noticed You wouldn't know it. if you didn't follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aussie love Aaron Baines, Boston Celtics, one year, $4.3 million. Bit of a bargain. You're seeing all the contracts being thrown around. You see 4.3, you're like, well, hang on. That's a mighty small contract. I know that sounds silly. $4 million is a small sum of money, but you've got to think about the climate we're talking, and that's the NBA free agency. It's a pretty small deal. But, hey, Aaron Baines to the Celtics, Christos, any downside? No, I wouldn't have thought so. So he opted out of his last year with the Pistons, worth $6.5 million and then ended up coming to the Celtics. We had our room exception to use on him, and the room exception this year is worth four point three. so we actually couldn't sign him to a bigger deal than that. So once he opted out and the market kind of dried up for big men, that was kind of, especially if he wanted to come to a contender, that was really his only option. We couldn't spend more than that. So in the end, we get him on a one-year $4.3 million deal. He joins a team that really have a weak front court. If you were saying, if you were trying to go through who you, potentially was the starting lineup for the Celtics at the end of next year, you probably would have had to play Horford at the five or potentially bring on Zizic and start. And after we've been seeing what he's been doing in summer league, you don't really feel like he's ready for it just yet. So Aaron Baines gives the Celtics a little bit more depth in that front court that they desperately needed because if something happened to Horford and he went down, then there wasn't really any other big guy to play that center spot unless you play really, really small ball. But it just adds a bit of an insurance policy he doesn't. He won't play too many minutes. You would have thought maybe twenty minutes per game. He's instantly going to become the best rebounder on the Celtics. Yeah. Club. The best rebounder was Al Horford last year, averaging yeah. 
something like 6.8 rebounds. And our second best was Avery Bradley, the guy that we got rid of to get uh, Marcus Morris, who is obviously Aaron Baines' uh, previous teammate in Detroit as well, who'll come in and, and kind of patrol the paint as well. But Aaron Baines gives you uh, a tough physical uh, presence in the paint, uh, and he won't be asked to do much more than really just assert his dominance in the paint and just bring down the boards pretty much. And he had, last season, despite playing with uh, Drummond, he actually finished the season with a 15.6 total rebound percentage, which is better than any of the Celtics on the roster at the moment. I think last year, our best for total rebound percentage was Kelly Olynyk, and that was at about 13. So instantly, even though he's only, he was only playing 15 minutes a game last year, he's still going to be our best rebounder. So great signing, like you said, Bargain price for us, even though he's in, his, uh, in, in uh, at the Celtics for at least one year, it's only a one-year contract. I think it's perfect for both parties. Yeah, well, I mean, you must have been reading the same article I was. Um, it's a win-win <laughs> for for Boston, I believe. And you know, you look, Kelly Olynyk went to Miami. Uh, uh, Amir Johnson went to my boys, Philadelphia. So you're really thin up front. Um, he grabbed also. I'll throw another stat at you because I love stats as well. He also grabbed 21.6 percent of all defensive rebounds for the Pistons uh, last season when he was on the floor. So, uh, yeah, 20 minutes a game. He's a really good player. He won a ring with the San Antonio Spurs. I think he's going he's gonna to add a lot to, to the Boston Celtics. And, you know, they're top two Eastern Conference team, you know, maybe number one. Um, we'll see how the season pans out with uh, Gordon Haywood joining as well. Hey, Christos, you, you mentioned his name there, and it actually wasn't on our rundown, but I can't believe we forgot. Avery Bradley. Um, obviously had to get yeah. out to to free up the cap room to sign Gordon Haywood. Going to the Pistons, you get Morris in return. Are you happy with that? I mean, personally, I love Avery Bradley. I think he's an absolute all-star caliber player. So I was a bit surprised. I when, agree with you. I was man. a bit surprised when he was the one that left. But when you think about it, he probably got you the most return. So it makes sense in that regard because Morris isn't a bad player. He can kind of play the same role. He's a bit taller, a bit uh, stronger. So, I mean, your thoughts on that deal, Chris? No Avery Bradley, but I guess you're giving up Avery Bradley to get Gordon Haywood and, and Morris in, in, in that sense. And the reason why we got rid of an Avery Bradley before a Marcus Morris or a Jay Crowder is because he was on an expiring deal. He only had yeah. one year left on his deal, and he would have commanded... He's going to demand... He could demand max. You know what? Next year, and we just yeah. wouldn't have been able to afford that, especially if we were going to keep Isaiah Thomas on board, which yeah. by all accounts, that looks like what the Celtics are planning to do. So you uh, you kind of keep crowded because he's got that uh, another three years of control left on his contract for dirt cheap. It's five to six million each year for the next three years. Smart is a restricted free agent and won't command as much as Bradley will. So not only would you get the most return from getting rid of Bradley, you also get his contract off the books before you end up losing him for nothing. So in the end, it's probably the right deal. I love Avery Bradley as well. When I first heard this is what happened. I was devastated. Yeah. And it was obviously before I really looked into everything and realized that that was the right deal to do. And I don't think that a lot of people, especially when you see what someone like Paul George went for, who's a much better yeah. than everybody. He got a better return. <laughs> He's only got that one year his contract left. Expired contracts, you don't get you don't get you a lot in return. So someone like nope. Everett Bradley, who only had one year left, yeah. he wasn't going to get much more than Marcus Morris. And like you said, because we have a weak front court, we do get that guy who can play alongside Aaron Baines and kind of be that enforcer that the Celtics yeah. need and that uh, really good rebounder. Even though I think Avery Bradley might have averaged more rebounds per game. He was last almost year. your leading rebounder, Avery Bradley. Yeah, yeah. so they pretty much had the same 
uh, rebounding stats from last year. Every Bradley's six two, but like you, know, you just you just bring him in the in the uh, front court and hope that they can kind of uh, add a bit more, be a bit more imposing in the paint that they were last season. So. As much as I hated it when it first happened, as much as I hate to see Avery Bradley leave because he was probably my favourite player on the team, it's something that had to be done. And, you know, all Celtics fans should just trust Danny Ainge, trust what he's doing and realise that uh, this is much better for our team in the long run. And, and look, this is this, I will say this one thing, though. I would have preferred, and I had this conversation on Twitter as well, I, I kind of put it out to, to my followers. I probably would have preferred to lose... Isaiah Thomas than Avery Bradley. Now, if you got rid of Thomas, I don't think the contract still would have worked. So uh, you wouldn't have gotten rid of enough salary to get someone like a, a Marcus Morris in, but you could have got another player, I guess, especially when Isaiah Thomas has got the hip injury. I don't know how much you would have got in return, but to me, I would have preferred keeping them both. And then if you have to choose between the two at the end of next year, probably choosing uh, Avery Bradley over Isaiah Thomas. But I don't know if I'm in the minority there. I assume I am. Because obviously Isaiah Thomas is coming off an all-star caliber season, or he made made the all-star game, so he's yeah. a phenomenal player. But when you look at someone who's five nine, five ten, uh, late late twenties, got a hip injury, I don't think he's going to have a season anywhere near as good as he did this season. As I think it's only going to go down from here. We've seen historically point guards sub six foot once they hit thirty regress pretty quickly, and I think that's going to be the same case with um, with Isaiah Thomas. So personally, I would have preferred to keep. Every Bradley, but in the end, like I said, you just got to trust Danny Ainge. He knows what he's doing. He's got us in this position right now, and I love what position we're in right now. So, you know, he can do whatever he wants, and I'm not going to uh, fault him until you know things start to really go south. So, until that happens, I'm all on board what he's doing. I agree with you on. You'd, I'd rather, well, you'd rather have kept Avery Bradley, but I think maybe. The next season, you've got to just you've got to keep Isaiah Thomas. I can't say his name. I can't pronounce his name properly. Um, Isaiah Thomas for another year just to see what happens. I think he came off such a great year. Um, we saw, you know, when they when the Celtics beat beat the Cavs um, without him, so they probably do play a little bit better without him. But I think it's a bit too. It's probably a season too early to probably look. It's just his age though. to look otherwise. I think yeah. Isaiah Thomas the. the D- deserves another season at, at, at the Celtics. Do, do you think maybe next year if this were, if we had the same conversation next season, then I'd probably say you keep Avery Bradley. But as you said, Danny Ainge is one of the greatest GMs in um in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. W- would you give Isaiah Thomas the max next year? No, um, no, personally not. I wouldn't. But I mean, he, it, it's an interesting. He deserves it, but you got to think the position you five foot nine. You can't build a team around a five foot nine player. He's an all star though. He's still five foot nine. I think he deserves it. I wouldn't do it, but he deserves. Someone will. I think someone will. I think. He, I think he's going to get it. Someone will bite the bullet on him. Hundred percent. But the thing is, he's going to be old. Where's you Billy know? King gone? I mean, <laughs> he'll give anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the deal, he's probably going to be what thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. How old finished. is he? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. I'm yeah, yeah pretty nine. As I said, if yeah. we were having this conversation in a year's time, then you'd you'd definitely keep Avery Bradley and you would trade Isaiah Thomas, but I just want to see how this team works with Gordon Haywood. They're right there. They're actually right there with with the, the Cavs. They're probably not as good as the Cavs, but they are right there. Isaiah Thomas took him all the way to the number one in the East. So yeah, if we were having this conversation in in a year's time, I'd probably Say, yeah. let him go. Hey, hey, hey Christos. Hey, just, just, I'm worried about that hip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got injury problems as well. 30 years old, injury problems, undersized. Well, one, he missed 
the rest of the final. He can't be injury prone after one injury. Oh, but they he's at not that age. Forty five. He's twenty nine. Yeah, but he's going to be the big free O soon enough. So at that age, they could tally up. Speaking of injuries, can't Chris, say he's injury prone. Chris, after one. oh, not injury prone, but he could be prone to more injuries now that but he's already had. You can say that about anybody. Yeah, but now that he's older, it's a hip. It could just linger he's on. Four maybe, but linger, he's well, You're at that age now where they start oh, popping up. No, they start at that age where they start popping. Oh. Uh, I hate to disrespect him with saying his injury. Oh, maybe I used the wrong word, but what I'm saying is at that age, now he's got an injury history at least, even if it's minimal, it's still there. You're at that age now where you're more prone, just due to your age, you're more prone to injuries, which could play an impact. It's something a team who will offer him a contract will have to consider. It's definitely going to be a a factor. But it's like any medical thing they have to check. Yeah, yeah. But at that age, there could be... It, the the likelihood of an injury could be a bit greater. Now, speaking of injuries, someone who's had a lot of them lately. We started off the conversation about Aaron Baines. We'll go back to the Aussie, um, the Aussie theme. Andrew Bogut. Now, now he he's still unsigned, but he's another guy, Chris, who's been linked to. He's been linked to a lot of teams. Been linked to Boston. Said it last week. He's speaking to about three to four teams, all of which are contenders. You would assume Boston's in the mix. You'd assume Cleveland, Golden State, The Rock. He said they're all contenders. So whether he was just saying that because he had to, or they were legitimately the top of the top of the uh, tree type of teams, who knows? But Chris, if he does go to Boston, you mentioned there about the front court. It still needs some beefing up. Does Bogut fit that mold on a on a on a minimum one year deal? I'd say 100%. Like, we can offer him the uh, the vet minimum because we're over the cap at the moment, so that's really all we can offer anyone. I think it's about $1.5 He said that money's not really an issue. He just wants to play for a contender. You'd probably say that Boston are a contender as much as anyone else that's not Golden State can be a contender. So yeah. <laughs> he's going to a team that could potentially win the East, you would say. Uh, yeah. He can play alongside Aaron Baines, so the Celtics could not only have their first Australian ever, but could have their second Australian ever, but play at the same time, which would be fantastic. But like you said, I don't think we still have enough front court depth because I prefer Al Holford playing the four. If we could stick to him playing the four, that'd be good. Um, and then you bring in someone like Bogut and Baines to kind of rotate and play those five because Bogut will only probably play 10, 15 minutes a game as well. And yeah. because he is injury prone, you do want to have kind of contingency plans if that was the case as well. So I think Baines, Bogut, and possibly Horford at the five, I think that's that's kind of what you want. That's the depth that you want to see in your front court. Uh, so I think we're still one big away from really, from myself being comfortable in, in what we can get. And Bogut's a much better defender. He's a rim protector. He's a great facilitator. He's one of the best passing big men in the league. I think he can add more than even what Aaron Baines can, if he can stay on the court. I'd personally like to see him go back to the Cavs and see what, what that if... That was another what, option, yeah. Yeah, like I would like to see what, what could have happened if he played more than 58 seconds <laughs> at Cleveland. That'd be interesting. Um, I, personally, like I wouldn't to... like to see him go go to Golden State as the rich just get richer. But he's obviously a possibility to go to the Cavs. Does he go to any other team? Can you see him really like maybe go to the Spurs if... Does he want to play in, in such a hard uh, Western Conference? Does he want to maybe have an easier way to the finals? You know, team up again with LeBron mm. and then see what happens. Like, I'm throwing that to you, Chris. What are, you, what are the possibilities of him probably going to a Spurs over a Cavs or vice versa? Spurs is an interesting one. No, I haven't really thought about them as a potential landing spot for Andrew Bogut. For me, the two teams that I 
thought would be at the top of his list that suit him the best is Cleveland and Cavaliers, uh, is Cleveland and, and, and Boston. So I don't know uh, about San Antonio. I haven't looked at how their roster's constructed or anything like that. But to me, the best fit off the top of my head would be the Celtics or, or, or the Cavs. So I can definitely see him going to one of those two teams. And like you said, it means that he doesn't have to play through the West where he gets banged up, plays on a, a lot of, uh, of those really uh, high-caliber big men as well. So I don't know. I, I, I reckon if he can stay in the East, that'd be that'd be good for him and it'd be good for whoever signs him as well because he'd, be he'd be beneficial to both the Celtics or the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, he's still got value. I mean, he's now he's someone who is injury-prone. We can yes, safely say that, and he's older, the big body, so it, it, it's a risk. But I mean, it could be a very minimal one if you get him on that cheap one-year deal. Hey, we'll move off the uh, the player movement stuff in the last ten or so minutes. We just want a, a, a general conversation now. This is a team that you brought up that you wanted to speak about, Mike pre-show, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll spend a little bit of time on them. You wanted to chat about their their playoff credentials and their chances. We know they've rejigged the roster. They've gotten Jimmy Butler in there. So they're definitely a better team. But you wanted to chat about them just a little bit and how they're shaping up for 17-18. I just think um, what they've done has really quite impressed me with the, the movements. I mean, they're getting the way they got Jimmy Butler and they only had to give away Zach Levine and a couple of picks and vice versa. I'm not going to get into the picks right now because I don't have it in front of me. Uh, then they signed Jamal Crawford for two years in a total of $8.8 million, which is not much. You got Taj Gibson, who's reunited with his, his one of his favorite mm. coaching tips. Yep. And I wanted to throw this both to you boys. Is it, I mean, they really let me down last season when I thought they were going to make this, at least the top six in the West, and they really flunked at out. At least the top six. At 31 and 51. But what have they done in this off season? Is it the perfect combo of young guns and veteran leadership that might take them into that upper echelon in the West? I'm not saying a top four, but maybe a top six, top five, and really start setting the, the, the foundation of a really good uh, franchise in years to come. Well, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. We mentioned last week about how what they needed was veteran leadership because there were so many games last season that they were up in the fourth quarter and ended up losing that lead. I think they were the, the, the worst fourth quarter team in the entire NBA last season. So when you bring on someone like a Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague who have that experience of playing in closer games and have that experience of lasting the entire contest, that helps guys like Carl Anthony Towns and like Andrew Wiggins to actually kind of take a back seat and let, and let these guys do their thing and, and, and actually get through the entire game. So I think it's perfect. And it also allows these guys like Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns to become secondary scorers. They don't have to be relied upon to creating their own shots or anything like that. They can play off the ball a little bit more and they can kind of help someone like a, a, a Butler play. They can play facilitating roles. And I think both of those guys at this stage of their careers, that would really be beneficial to them and, the Timberwolves as well. And I think when you bring in someone like a Jimmy Butler, who is a two-way player, who brings in this leadership, who brings in this experience, it's only going to be beneficial for the Timberwolves. Do you see them having any struggles of fitting in uh, Jimmy Butler? He's only 27. He was the man at at, um, at at the Chicago Bulls. Does he take a back seat to these young boys? Is it their team? Does he still want it to be? Does he want to be, this is my team? Like, does, is there? It's his team. It you believe be. it's his it has team? to be. Yeah, it's his over 
Carl Anthony Towns, who's shown such yeah, such yep. great play, and he's he's only been playing for two years, and he already looks Tibbs, like Tibbs man. Tibbs loves him. Yeah, he, he's Firido's man, and he, he's an alpha male. He is an Butler. alpha male. Yeah, I, I think oh, I've still got. We had it. We did our West Top Eights last week. I don't think I had Minnesota in mind for memory. I'll, obviously, I'll, I'll recalculate that with, with more no, you study. Did. I did. I can't remember. Yeah, that. that was the whole point of it. Oh. I, I wasn't going to put him in, but then I thought about. Well, if I my did, I did I, if if I did, I did it with no confidence, just be, just because of the age profile. Yeah, they're still. But now they've signed Jamal Crawford yeah, in that since the last yeah, time he talked. Yeah, but it's just that you still got to get that defensive and those close game wins. I mean, mm. they probably will make the playoffs, considering the bottom of the West is pretty weak. Speaking of, we're going to chat about weak conferences in just a little bit. I want to say the bottom of the West is weak. Oh, it's not that strong. The, the the seven eight six spots in in, in the, the west. west in the west they're not great. Oh, it's a, oh, I disagree with that. Oh, I I don't. Think, I'm with Luke. Yeah, I think they're not that the great. Top five. Yeah. it falls away pretty. Drastic. I reckon that after the top three, it drops away. Maybe even. I mean, we don't. The Rockets are still a question mark. The West is so good because of the top talent, but it, there's there's a massive gap, a massive gap between the best and the worst within the top eight teams. And speaking, I of, reckon it's going to take. This is what I think going into this season. It's going to take probably 43, 44 wins to make the playoffs in the West, which which historically isn't much. That used to be a fifty win playoff conference. Couple well, when the I think it was when was it three years ago when the Phoenix Suns had forty eight wins and they didn't make. Yeah, that was an extreme. But 40, 45, 40, 44, 45 is still a strong. It's still hard. That's. It's hard. 500 yeah. by three games. Yeah, but... That, Four that, games, sorry. But that's not anything better than an average team. 44 wins is not better than... That, that, that's an average team. I would team. say it's a weak bottom, though. Uh, Compared to when you look at the East and it's just a weak... And obviously, we're going to get onto that. It's a weak conference. Well, why don't we up get to on, fourth, it's a weak conference. Why don't we get onto it now? I reckon after second, it's a weak conference. So we did yeah, our oh, West yeah, ones well, yeah. last week. And these are, again, this is before the show. We just whacked these together really yeah. quickly. Not a lot of study behind them. We don't know. I've actually had a bit of study, but okay, so you've cheated. Sorry to interrupt you. You've cheated then. <laughs> we don't know how the teams are going to play out just yet. This is what we know of right now as of 12th July. I'll quickly start off really quickly. So one through eight, um, Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Milwaukee, Detroit, Washington, Charlotte, Miami. Chris, I know you have to go very shortly, so quickly fly through yours. I didn't actually do mine, boys. All right, well, we won't, we won't go to Chris Tosses. <laughs> How disappointing. All right, Mike, really quickly, and then... Pretty much, after, after Cleveland and Boston, nothing else really matters. I was about to say. Well, uh, we had a top... I'll give you my top eight, and then there might be debate. There might not be. I've got Cavs, Boston, Wizards, Raptors, Bucks, Heat, 76ers, and then I couldn't... I just had to pick a team, so I just went with Charlotte at the eighth. I yeah. thought it... It drops after those seven. No, nah, I don't. 76 is in there. Yeah, I wouldn't put Philly in there. Just I was going to have him six. Jeez. No, I'm really confident them. about them being there. Probably ninth. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think. I reckon they could still be a bottom two or three just because, no, of, just because of the age profile. Embiid's going to give you 30 games. You don't know how many more after that. But, hey, I'm sure once we once we know the exact rosters and look into it a bit, of, a bit more, we'll definitely have a larger discussion about the East. And that probably just... Wraps us wraps us up for this week's SEN NBA podcast. Wasn't well, a whole lot to chat about, but still plenty of healthy conversation. Before we go, Mikey, just really quickly again, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Mickvel12. Yep, Christos? At 
Christoph Tyler. Lovely. I'm at Luke Sakari at SEN America as well. And until next time, we'll catch you again on the SEN NBA podcast.